But let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for yet another moment in your presence. We pray, dear God, that you will come and bless us with your presence, O oh God. Lord, we have come with open hearts this morning, and we know that you have a word for us. And your word brings light, and your word brings life. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that, you know, every burden will be lifted and that everything, oh God, will cease because we put our eyes on you. We thank you because you are faithful and there is none like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Um, you're welcome. Once again, please have your seats. Yes, I am. Um, I thank God so much for, for the opportunity to minister in His sanctuary. And uh, thank you, Papa, for um, the opportunity. And um, I just want to share with you something that has been on my heart. I think for the last two weeks. And uh, that's about the, the incorruptible seed. Amen. Hallelujah. So um, just in terms of really background, the Bible says in Genesis 1:29, and God said, Behold, I've given you every herb bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree in and every tree in the which is, which is the fruit of a tree yielding fruit. To you it shall be for meat. If you just look at that picture in the fingers, in between the two fingers is a mustard seed. Amen. And as you can see, as that little tiny seed, it gives birth to this big tree that you see on, on the side. Hallelujah. And the kingdom of God is like that. I just wanted to add that a seed is the small hard part of a plant from which a new plant grows. Amen. And for, um, for, for one to have a bath or, you know, a seed is a prerequisite for a bath or it's needed for a bath. You're not going to have fruit without a seed. Amen. Has anyone ever had a virtual fruit? No, there's going to be a seed. And that seed has life. And that seed produces life. Amen. And so when you plant a mango seed, you indeed get a mango tree. And you get a mango fruit. Are we together? You don't get an avocado, you don't get an orange. You get a mango fruit. And when you taste on the mango, you actually know that it's a mango fruit. Amen. Okay. So, um, as I said, the title for, for our sermon this morning is The Incorruptible Seed. So, we've looked at the seed. So, let's look at incorruptible. What does it mean? The dictionary meaning says not susceptible to corruption. Okay. But the synonyms or like other words that can mean 
um, incorruptible, include imbribable, righteous, honest, trustworthy, high-principled, virtuous. Okay? We are together? Okay. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, we have heard this word over and over and over, but I pray that, you know, Jesus will reveal, will reveal something new through his word this morning. Amen. A revelation that has not been, that is going to springboard you to your next level. Amen. Of dominion in him. I just want to present to you Jesus. Jesus is born of the Virgin Mary by the Spirit, okay? The, the incorruptible seed. Hmm? He was the Word. He was God. Amen? As documented in John. He had a strong spirit. Hallelujah. And in, uh, in Luke 180, we see his counterpart, John the Baptist, the Bible saying that he was strong in spirit. He grew strong in spirit. And I remember one of the Sundays, Pastor Andrew really dwelt on strength in spirit. Amen. And then in Luke 2.40, it's Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he... Let's open there. Luke 2.40. Maybe I can even first read the, the Luke 180 for John the Baptist. It says, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. This is John the Baptist. And was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. And then Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Now this is Jesus. It says, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. That was Jesus. Amen. And he grew in stature and in the favor of God and man. He lived on earth, went through all that he went through, the trials, okay? But he lived a surrendered life with the Father. Amen. And whatever he saw the Father do, he did. Remember the incorruptible seed, okay? And then he made disciples. He taught them in his ways. And they were able to follow through because when he departed, they actually lived the walk. Hallelujah. And we are expected to do the same. And he dies on the cross and he fulfills his assignment and leaves us assignments. So that is Jesus with an incorruptible seed. And we have been born after him. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to remind you that the power that lives within you, okay, is Big. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you. And he has given us the incorruptible seed of his spirit. 
I'm here to encourage you that you can make it and be Christ-like. Amen. Because without that incorruptible seed within you, active and alive, you're not going to be able to fulfill your God-given destiny. So the fruit tells us about the seed. When you see a mango tree and you eat of that mango fruit, you will know the type of seed, whether it was good or bad. There is an avocado tree outside here. But I'm, I'm told that that avocado tree is very nice. Rather, the fruit eh, from that tree is very nice. Um, unfortunately, I think because of the current soil there, sometimes you feel some funny, um, gritty, gritty particles. But I'm told that it is somewhere else. Okay, But when you eat of that avocado fruit, you know that the seed was good. Amen. And so the Jesus in us, is it the same Jesus that we read in the scriptures? I've been asking myself, is it the same Jesus? Ask your neighbor, the Jesus in, in you, is it the same Jesus that we read in the scriptures? Or this is another Jesus? Amen. And so if not, if we are not seeing the seed of Christ that we are talking about, what's the problem? I just want us to go through um, some scriptures here. John 4.14 says, but whosoever, John 4.14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. We say that this, this year in particular is one of those years where you need to really drink, like a camel, okay? Drink and drink and drink and drink. Allow, allow the Spirit of God to fill you, okay? To fill you, to fill you until you overflow. The Bible says that whosoever drinketh of that water, this is Jesus speaking, whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. It is meant to spring you up into everlasting life, which is your destiny. Hallelujah. Second scripture. Um, John 17, 3. John 17, 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, okay? The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Let's revise that scripture. And this is life eternal. Can we say together life Life internal. Hmm? So what is that life internal? That they, may, they might know thee. Know who? Know God. Know God. The only true God. And Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I asked a question. Is that Jesus 
that is talked about in the Bible, is it the same Jesus living within me? Have I come to an encounter with the only true God and Jesus Christ who was sent? Because that is life internal. And until we have that encounter, we are lying ourselves. Hallelujah. When I'm too fast, please let me know. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 to 23. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 to 23. Seeing you have purified your souls, in obeying the truth through the spirit and to unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Okay? So verse 23 says, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, one of these last Sundays, again, Pastor Andrew talked about the truth. The truth is the power of your salvation. The Bible says that he desires truth in the inward parts. So let's not deceive ourselves. If there is no truth within us, then we are not going to see God. Amen. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. If you look at God's generals, this was like fundamental in their lives. Okay? Look at Daniel. Look at David. Look at... Um, there's so many. Look at Joseph. You know, truth. Truth. Truth in the inward parts. A heart that is fully surrendered to God, that is open. It's an open book, okay? An open book to God. That God is able to point out here. You need to deal with this, and you deal with it. And even when it's not, it doesn't feel nice, you still go ahead and do it. Because you are surrendered to God. You have chosen to focus on Christ. You have chosen to let him shine his light on your heart. And then there is truth. And that truth through the spirit gives you life. Verse 23. Being born again, not of the corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible. By the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Hallelujah. But of the incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Friends, again, we say that this is one of those years where, you know, the, the number um, three, in, if you look at the Hebrew, the last number is three, but it also stands for the Torah or the word of God. We cannot do without the word of God. And the word is life. The word is life. You have heard these things over and over, but I pray that, you know, God will shine his light on his word 
that you will understand the depth of the life that is in his word. Because by that will you be transformed. It is possible that um, maybe we are not changing because this word is falling on rocky ground or it is falling by the way, wayside and then it is falling, you know, in all sorts of places. And so it's not bearing fruit. But may God help us that we shall bear fruit because within that word is life. John 6, 63. John 6, 63. It is the spirit that quickens the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Let me read that again. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So again, without the spirit of God, you are not going to see the life that is in the word. But you need to carry the spirit. Again, the seed. Remember, Jesus had a seed. John the Baptist had a seed. And that seed caused every word that God spoke to them to mean power, like to have a result. Hallelujah. And so we need to, to be careful that we shall not grieve the Holy Spirit for whom we are sealed for the day of redemption. Well, so what does that mean? You need to make up your mind to live a consecrated life, dedicated, set apart for Christ, because that is the life that will be able to carry the Spirit of God. Maybe the reason why we are not seeing the seed is we threw consecration to the backyard. We are living a form of godliness that has no power. a form of godliness that has no power. The spirit quickens us, and the flesh profits nothing. The words that Jesus speaks to us, they are spirit and they are life. So the words of Jesus, we can say, are equal to life. Hallelujah. The words of Jesus are life, they are spirit. Therefore, we need to dig deep into his word with his spirit breathing life on the very words and we will have life. And this is life. Amen. And when the Bible says that you'll have life and life in its fullness, this life has a fullness. Hey, Jesus, help us that we shall not familiarize you. Because in you is life. Life with an overflow, an ending life, springing up to internal life. Hallelujah. 
So we need to meditate on this word day and night. Again, you have heard these things, but I pray that they will come with such revelation because if we are going to dominate as kings, as priests, we must be able to live with the incorruptible seed that Jesus had, that John the Baptist had, that Daniel had, that David had, hallelujah, that Peter had. If we obey them and do according to what he speaks to us, we will have internal life. Again, you have heard these words over and over, but I pray that God will speak to you in a special way. If you obey the words that Christ speaks to us, my God, God is pouring his truths upon us, my friends, in this place. I don't know, we have a gold mine. We have a gold mine. If you can just go back and listen to those overnight messages, my God, you have a gold mine. And if you took seriously the word that God is telling you today and telling you in this time, you will become a lion like the lion of Judah living on the inside of you. Amen. Jesus spoke to Lazarus and Lazarus rose up from the dead after four days. He was already smelling. Amen. So I don't know what stenchy Mary pit you're in, but Jesus calls you forth to life. Hallelujah. He calls you forth to life. Come out. And you need to come out. Hallelujah. And rise up and take your position in him and allow his word to birth life. Amen. The word of God is alive and active. That's Hebrews 4.12. And when you're strong in the word of God, it produces life inside you. Amen. It produces life inside you. Don't wait for when you need to face the giant. Because the giant needs to find you at a place when you're filled and full with the Holy Spirit. And filled and full with the word for the moment. Therein will you be able to declare to the giant that, oh, today, 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 I am going to actually cut off your head. Hallelujah. You will be able to speak to the giant. So let's not wait to fire fight in battle when the giant is before us. Let us be strong in spirit, strong in the word. Because that is life. And again, this year, you know, um, that last number, the three, is also representative of the spirit. The spirit is the third person of the Godhead, we all know. But I just wanted to highlight these three things that he came for, the, or the three purposes, okay? As in John 16, 18. The Bible says that he will convict the world of sin. Friends, let's not think that we are sinless. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the more you allow your heart, the more you draw close to him, the more 
you come into his presence with all humility and asking him to, to draw you and to, um, to show you the things that, you know, he wants you to, to deal with. He shows you. And the more you come into his chambers, the more you get closer to him. He's dealing with you. He's making you better. Better. Okay? And you will come out as gold this one day. God is not a magician. It is a process. And the more you come into his presence, come into his presence, come. In fact, the more you go, you realize, oh my God, patience, you're doing badly. In fact, you need a savior. That's the more reason you will fall before the Lord because you need a savior. He has shown you. You know, like Isaiah in, in chapter six, he said, Woe unto me, I am a man of unclean lips. If Isaiah had not reached that point, do you know that we are going to miss the revelations about Christ in the later chapters? Do you know that he actually writes a whole chapter about Christ? So you imagine the things that we are losing by not surrendering to God fully and by not allowing him to deal with us. You know, friends, sometimes it feels hard, okay? You look at the price, but I have come to agree, okay, that this world, this world is not just for eating popcorn or eating chicken, so to say. It is business, yeah? Serious business. And you're either in business in, in the devil's world or you're in business in the kingdom, in the kingdom of God. There is no in-between. And you need to be... You need to be ready to pay that price. If you're saying, I'm going to be set apart for Christ, then you need to be ready to pay the price. If you want results, there are, are no shortcuts. But friends, I'm here to encourage you, it is not as difficult as it sounds if you allow Christ to lead you day by day. You see, it is that grace that you will amass over time by your full surrender to God that will carry you through. Hallelujah. It is not a one-day thing. The child grew, okay, and waxed strong, very strong in spirit. Amen. So we need to allow the Holy Spirit to continuously convict us of sin because sin is the entry of every demon and devil and trust me you're not going to win any war or stand at any gate when you have sin and you think that you're going to overcome you just be playing you see hey i come against this stronghold you stronghold of this of adultery of this in my family no way if you have iniquity in your life you're lying yourself
The second purpose was to convict the world of righteousness. Amen. The scepter of this kingdom is righteousness. And my prayer is that, you know, the church will go back to that place. Because I don't know. I don't know what we have on earth today, but God have mercy on us. Is it church? Is it the church of Christ? Or it is something else? But friends, the times are coming and they are here. Anything shakeable is going to be shaken. And only that that is true is going to stand. So draw, draw nigh, just run to, the, to Zion, run, run into his presence. Because there you're going to get strength that is going to help you stand in this time. The Bible says that he also, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and then judgment. So many of us look at God as the nice, or oh, the lamb. Let me remind you, he's also a lion, yeah? Hey. He loves you so much, but he's also a judge. So let's not play, stop Let's not play games with God. Let's take him seriously. Don't think that you will escape the judgment of God. No. In fact, this is the window. To put your life right, to run to the throne room, let God feel you and feel you, Show you all those things that you need to deal with. Deal, move from one level to another, from glory to glory. You will amass grace and you'll be able to overcome and you'll escape God's judgment. So I have a question. Could it be that we have many Christians in church that did not receive the words of Jesus and they received the words of men? Could it be? Because we have seen that the seed of Christ gives a different result. And again, I think this confirms what people say, that people get born again in a revival. Usually they, they are a different breed. But, I mean... What is so special about revivals is that, you know, people have, like, rained their hearts. They have opened up their hearts. They have allowed total repentance to happen in their hearts. And so when that seed falls on that ground, it bears fruit. And you're able to see a change. So could it be that we have many Christians that did not receive the words of Jesus and they are in this bandwagon. Or could it be that their hearts at the time of salvation were not exposed, as I had said, not opened up or brought to conviction and repentance? So the wrong gospel cannot bring God's intended purpose in people's life. 
So if you, if you came to Jesus because you wanted a car, you wanted a wife, you wanted uh, good grades, most likely you're not going to see the result of Jesus. Okay? He gives the sun to shine on both evil and good, yeah? <laughs> so you'd still get those things, yes? But he's more interested in your heart. So let's not seek the hand, but instead seek the, the giver. So we need to re-examine ourselves. Re-examine yourself. Nalokoka. Oh, I got saved. yeah. Did I really get saved? Like, ask yourself that question. Go back to the drawing table and ask yourself, did I really get saved? Oh, Jesus, am I actually still looking at you? Oh, I'm in my own things. There's a song that says, Show us the ancient birth. Lead us along the internal highway. We want to see the footsteps of Jesus. We want to know your way. Amen. May that be your heart's cry. Let's not focus on ourselves. Stop focusing on yourself. Focus on Jesus. What does he want? Jesus said that I do what I see my father do. Why? Because his focus was on the father. So the trouble with us is we keep looking at ourselves. What do I want? need? Patience. Patience, what do I need? Me, 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 me. With this attitude of me, we are not going to go far in God. And the root of sin is that self-centeredness. When you keep, you know, you're looking at yourself, but you have not surrendered your heart, your life to Christ. And the root of holiness is actually Christ-centeredness. Hosea 10.12 says, Sow yourselves righteousness. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Friends, let's sow for ourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. Children, fallow ground is hard ground. For those of you that have not dug, when you're trying to dig, eh, like on dry, hard ground, it is a fallow. And that hard ground, you cannot put a seed and it grows. It won't. It will just stay the way you put it. But if you dig it up, dig it up, make the soil soft, okay? When it rains, like it has rained this morning, the seed will grow. Hallelujah. So we are not going to run away from digging this fallow ground. And pastor keeps emphasizing it, emphasizing it. And you can think, but this man, doesn't he have another word to speak to us? But let me tell you, you're blessed that you can keep hearing it because without breaking fallow ground over and over again, 
Because you think you have broken this ground, then the more you draw to Christ, as I'd said, do you realize, oh, I have fallow ground here. And the more he deals with it, you reap mercy. I just want to read the last part of that uh, scripture. For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Father, we pray that you will come and rain righteousness on us. That you will come and rain righteousness on us. Something else that the seed bathes are altars. All those men that we've talked about had altars. And so this seed of Christ, this seed actually bathes altars. And Pastor Andrew in Friday overnight, I think really dwelt so much on altars. Please go back and listen. Please. But an altar, you know, we all know it has to have a priest, the sacrifice, and of course the place and the time when that happens. The Bible says that you are a chosen generation. First Peter 2.9. A royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness. So you are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. But with that knowledge, you need to come out. This is what God has called you for, to show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Thank you very much for everything you, that you can do. But again, it's about this victory over sin. It is not for everyone, by the way. There are some non-believers who say they are nice, but they don't know. They haven't seen anything yet because they don't have anyone anywhere to reveal to them the fallow ground or the ground that they need to deal with. So they think they are good, but later they actually know, they come to realize that they have fallen far from God. So Jesus has called you to show forth the praises of him. Um, when you get seed, okay, when you receive the seed of the word, for example, there should be a change. And so when there is no change, there's a problem. Um, I've been pregnant before, okay? And, man, when you're pregnant, it's obvious that tummy keeps increasing, Yes? And it is obvious, everyone will see that that time is increasing. The eating habits will change. The sleeping habits will change. Even sleeping positions will change. Hey, as the pregnancy goes along, things change. Things don't remain the same. Your mindset changes. Your attitude changes. Everything around you changes. So don't think that you're going to receive 
the word of Christ and just sit. There has got to be change, friends. Me, I'm tired. I, I need change, okay? So there has got to be change. Things can't remain the same way. If nothing changes, then there's a problem. Don't, don't be comfortable. Then there is a problem. Maybe the seed fell on the wrong ground. Hmm? Or maybe it was never the right seed. But many times, it's the wrong ground. For those of us who have children, if you see the child not growing, there's a problem. You will bring them to the doctor. You will come and say, Dr. Patience, the child has refused to crawl. What is happening? In fact, you will get worried. So friends, we have stayed as children for a long time. So we must get up. It's time to get up and mature. Amen. You can't stay as a child because there are things that God will not give you as a child. The Bible says in Galatians 4.1, Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, defareth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. Do we know heirs? Yes, they inherit the father's properties, yeah? But as long as you're a child, the heir is like the servant, okay? Who has nothing to do with the inheritance? So friends, let's arise. Let's get out of child, childishness. Ask God to show you the childish things you need to deal with. Because we need to move and get our inheritance. But we are not going to get it when we are children. You're still in nappies, 10 years, 8 years, 2 years in salvation. You're in nappies. What is the problem? You need the doctor. Go to Jesus. Tell him, Jesus, I am tired of these diapers. I'm tired. Get me off these diapers. I need to move. Yeah? Let's grow up. Luke 2.52 says that Jesus increases, increased in wisdom and stature and in the favor with God and man. That's what happens. There's got to be an increase. We can't do business as usual. We are still on the altar, okay? The seed, we said, the seed of Christ bathes altars, yes? And there's something about the priest, or oh, who is you, ladies and gentlemen? The priest is not Pastor Dennis, or Pastor Ruth, or Pastor Alojas. No, it is you. The Bible says in Revelations 3, 7. Just open your Bibles there. Revelations 3, 7. Revelations 3, 7. And to the end of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, 
He that has the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Hmm? Look at the seed of Christ. He is holy. He is true. Okay? But I just wanted to reveal to you that, yes, you are a priest. Okay? And we are after the order of David, like Christ. Amen. We have the seed of Christ. Isaiah chapter 11, 1 to 5. Just want to run, rush there. Isaiah 11, 1 to 5. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. That is the spirit, friends, the spirit of Christ, the seed of Christ in us. Amen. And shall, verse 3, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the guard of his loins and faithfulness the guard of his reins. Amen. So you are an asset in the kingdom of God. Okay? And all creation is counting on you. You have heard the gospel. You have received the seed of Christ. Can you show something about the seed you have received? Because all creation is waiting. First John 5, 4 says, Whosoever is born of God, born of God, underline, born of God. Jesus was born of God. John the Baptist, the same. Peter, the same. Paul, the same. There's got to be a birth. A birth by the Spirit. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. I have just a few minutes. But I just wanted also highlight the sacrifice. I'm still on the seed that bathes altars, yes? And one of the things on the altars is the sacrifice. The Bible says Romans, um, in Romans 12, 1 to 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Present your body, oh. Present your body, oh. It is not going to be easy. Okay? But present your body. Leave it on the altar. Don't crawl off. You see living sacrifices, 
they crawled off the altar. Those days they would just put the, the sacrifice on the altar, but it would be, you know, dead. So it couldn't crawl off. But these days we crawl off the altar. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, the gap. Hmm? Good, acceptable, perfect. Good, acceptable, perfect will of God. Amen. So there's got to be a constant renewal again through, your, through the word of God, the words of life. Something again about the altar. The Bible says in Leviticus 6, 12 to 13, And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And it shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Never go out, underline, shall never go out. And then the place is the other thing. Don't lie yourself that you're praying constantly while you're working or moving. There's got to be a place. You have got to create that place and the time. Genesis 12, 8 says, And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent having Bethel on the west and high on the east, and there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. That's Abraham. Yes? Then let's see Isaac, Genesis 25, 24 to 25. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with you and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug, digged a well. Amen. So you need to build altars. You know your different places. I built altars. Yes? The other, lastly, the seed gives birth to disciples. The seed, as we said, seed must bring forth fruit, yes? And the fruit that is like them, or like the exact fruit, yes? The Bible says in Matthew 28, 18, 20, and Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations. Ladies and gentlemen, we like to go and say we are preaching, Thank you very much. That's the beginning. The Bible says teach. So when you have taught and they have converted, hallelujah, now get them, teach. Teach them, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, observe all things, observe all things, not just a part, but all things. And whosoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. So, again, it reminds me of the ten virgins. There are those that were foolish and those that were wise. Hmm? Now, both were waiting for the bridegroom. They had burning lamps. The bridegroom delayed, okay? 
and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. All, had, all of them had the midnight cry, and all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. But the wise, okay, the wise seemed to have some extra oil to carry them through. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out again. You're not just going to wake up when you hear that trumpet sound, eh? Trust me, it will not work. So could it be that actually the wise, virg the, the wise virgins do represent the true church and the foolish ones do represent the pseudo church? The wise virgins had an altar. Therefore, they had overflowing oil. They had a refill on a daily. Yes? The foolish ones thought they had eh? So they are excited about the, the corporate times you have in church. They don't have their personal time. So they think they have some oil, eh? but they don't know that it is insufficient. So please, build an altar so that you can have a refill. You don't be like that, the foolish virgins. And the foolish ones, I think, are the ones that the Bible speaks of that are tears. Because the seed of the word you read Matthew 13, 24 to 30. Because the seed of the word is given, and then different things grow up. I mean, some tears grow up, and they grow up with the wheat. And then, you know, the workers come and say, but didn't you plant the right seed? How come there are tears? And Jesus tells them in the parable, um, tells them that, that, no, you leave the tears at the end of the harvest, they will be different from the wheat. And it shall be very easy to actually pick the wheat and pick the tears. Hallelujah. So let's not be the foolish ones. Lastly, a reminder, okay? Isaiah 51 verse 1. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness. Ye that seek the Lord, look unto the rock whence you were hewn. That rock is Jesus. Let's look on Christ. I started with showing you the seed of Christ and who he was. I just want to end by reminding you, look on Christ. Look unto the rock from whence you are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence you are digged. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. Thank you, King of Kings, because you bring light and you bring your word and gives us life and brings us light. Lord, we pray that you will cause us to arise from wherever we are and hunger and thirst after you that we shall drink of the water that you give us, that will spring up inside of us unto everlasting life. Father, we pray that even this seed that you have spoken to us this morning shall not fall on wrong ground, but that, Lord, it shall fall on fertile ground and bear much fruit to the glory and honor of your name. Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, because you are faithful. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen.
God bless you. I welcome Papa. Thank you.